Welcome to this week's episode of Dylan's Vlog and Podcast. Thanks for joining. If you've listened for a while, you know that I'm just going to jump right into it with some of the things going on in my portfolio of businesses, some of the things that I'm learning and discovering. And uh, I do this, share my own thoughts to explore what I'm thinking about as well as uh, hopefully opening the door to some new relationships with other entrepreneurs that are running their businesses or a portfolio of businesses and are looking to bounce some ideas or hear what other what other folks are up to. I'm one of those folks. And um, as an entrepreneur, there's often not a lot of opportunity to hear what other entrepreneurs are doing, kind of the behind the scenes look. And that's what I'm trying to do every week with these episodes. So thank you for tuning in. I'm going to dive right in and talk about something I touched on last week, which was another uh, page out of my playbook called the Cash Flow Quadrant for Business Owners. And I've uh, I developed this because in working with entrepreneurs and helping them turn around their business as well now as managing my own, it serves as a great uh, compass, if you will, to know where I should be focusing my efforts and what I need to be paying attention to. So I'm going to spin up my updates through... Um, just going through the quadrant so you can see what it looks like and uh, it might be instructful in helping you with your business. So the quadrant's pretty straightforward. Um, if you are listening on the podcast, don't worry about it. I'll just paint a picture for you in your mind. Um, on the vertical axis, you kind of got left to right or um, west to east, if you will. And on the one side is cash in the bank. On the other side is no cash in the bank. And then there's an axis that is... Um, horizontal and uh or sorry i got that the other way around let's let's try this again so the horizontal line <laughs> running west to east on the on the west side or the left side it says cash in the bank on the right side it says no cash on the vertical axis on the top it says positive net profit and on the bottom it says negative net profit so if you can imagine four squares in the bottom right hand corner it says struggling so if you have no cash and negative net profit, you are a struggling business or potentially startup. Uh, to the left of that would be you have cash in the bank, but you have um, negative net profit, which means your business is probably adjusting or downsizing or trying to sort itself out right now um, because it is running itself at a loss and it's chewing up all of the capital it has in the bank or all the cash it has in the bank. Um, if we move up into the sort of the top right hand quadrant, which means a business has no cash, but they have positive net profit, that would mean they are a business that is growing and they never have enough capital, but their profit and loss statement is showing that they do in fact have positive net profit. And then off to the top left hand side is cash in the bank with positive net profit, which means you've probably stepped into um, the cycle of investing with your business. So. Um, the cash flow quadrant, there's a link in the show notes. You can click on it. You can uh, go do a quick read if you want to download the little intro ebook that I put together. Uh, feel free to do that as well. Um, but in our businesses and the businesses that I'm working through, we have a couple of them. And so our construction business, I would say uh, we have a little bit of cash in the bank. A little bit of cash, but I would move it to more to, towards maybe the no cash side and positive net profit. We've been running positive net profit for two years now, which means we would fit into the growing quadrant. We're trying to figure out how to grow our business, how to do more with what we have now that COVID is over. As you heard in the last episode or maybe a few episodes ago, I'm sort of wrestling through how do we grow our business properly and um, 
uh, in light of the fact that we no longer have to hang on for dear life, how do we how do we actually take what we have and do something more with it? In our transportation business, same thing. We have uh, cash in the bank and we've got positive net profit, which means we're now looking to make investments into either a new property or maybe into doing some other things with the business to try and really get a great return on our capital. And then our on-demand labor service would be in the negative net profit and no cash would be in the struggling quadrant because we are two months into the exercise and we're still figuring out how to diversify um, our revenue off of uh, a couple of key customers. And so we're not quite there yet where we're, we have to hire some folks and and um, still have to spend quite a bit of money developing the software, which is where most of the cash goes. Um, even though we're building it ourselves, there's still a cost to doing that. And so it would be unfair to miscategorize uh, where the business is at simply because we are using sweat equity to build the business. So uh, in each of these quadrants, um, what, I'm, what I am um, discovering right now is that it's these quadrants give me sort of some focus. So for the for our construction business, um, it's in the growing quadrant, which means we're trying to figure out how do we create multiple sources of revenue right now. So um, most of our revenue comes from two main avenues. One is the public tendering system. So we bid on public tender projects and uh, win them, and then we have. Uh, off-tender or off-market projects where our personal relationships are the reason we get up to bat. And uh, that's served our company really well for the last couple of years. But in order for us to grow, we're going to have to come up with um, another mechanism, or I think we have to. This is sort of what I'm thinking through right now. But we have to come up with another another revenue stream or another sales line that gives us a different kind of customer that we can be working with. In fact, I was uh, just this afternoon, a couple hours ago, I was sitting with a company. We do a lot of business back and forth with each other. They're considerably larger than we are, but uh, because of the sort of the niche market that we fulfill, we we end up working with them quite a bit. And um, they they have the same sort of general challenge. They get a lot of their work just from personal relationships, um, whereas we get you know maybe forty percent of what we do, fifty percent of what we do through the public tendering system, and they don't. So we sort of thought maybe there was an opportunity to send them some opportunities, send then send them <laughs> some tendering opportunities that they could end up inviting us to if they end up winning them. And so um, in our construction business, when we're growing, that's kind of where my focus is right now. How do we diversify out where we get our business from? And it'd be the same thing in the transportation business. You know, we've got, um, we're a local business, heavily, heavily localized business. And so we take advantage of uh, Google My Business on Google Maps. And that, uh, and we have a little bit of a Google AdWords campaign running alongside of it. And then we have somebody who generates um, uh, cold leads for us by calling companies into the marketplace that could use our services. And then we get um, get the occasional referral. But in that business, I'm really we're really focused now on trying to figure out how can we get more referral business. We have a a new program that we're going to be launching to our customer base, and our hopes in doing that is that that continues to drive some new business to our door. But we are maxed out, so we do have to invest in a new physical space. We have to figure out a way to um, either let go of a bunch of customers to make room for new ones that we can earn more revenue off of, or take the, the revenue base that we have and try to grow it by getting ourselves into premises, physical premises that would 
that would help us out. So that's kind of where my head's at today, really kind of focused on this idea of multiple sources for revenue or for sales opportunities and making sure that we kind of aren't held hostage to any one source of opportunity, that we've got lots of lines in the water. And given that COVID is sort of behind us and the world is back to normal, how do we how do we now make sure to diversify out and and not um, not pin our hopes uh, to one thing? And I think as an entrepreneur, that's hard to do. I think, you know, you sort of, or for me anyway, get comfortable in kind of the rhythm that we have. And uh, our construction business has sort of, 3x'd its revenue here in the past 60 days and that's causing a bunch of challenges mostly cash flow challenges because of how we operate um, but that was not really anything we did other than over the last couple of years to do a thousand things right and then as the market began to turn we were just we were just there able to take advantage of it um, but I do think as entrepreneurs it's important to have many different ways in which you generate opportunity and not just get married to one markets change all the time. And, um, you know, we want to go out there and build a profitable business. And I think to do that, you have to diversify out. And, uh, that's what I seem to be focused on or what I'm thinking about, uh, this week, spending a lot of time thinking about. And then as I was sort of going through over the course of the past week, as I was thinking through, um, how do we, how do we go after, uh, different sales channels or different marketing channels to diversify where we get our business from. I also realized it's been quite a while since I have listened to uh, podcasts or read any books or watched any YouTube videos around sales and marketing. Uh, I think that's mostly because of time. I haven't made time for it. And there's that old saying that you uh, if it's important enough, you find time, you find a way to make time for the things that are important in life. And this up and until this past week wasn't important. And as I started peeling down a couple of podcasts, listening to watching a couple of videos and really trying to understand how do we not necessarily go after, um, you know, brand new customers, but how do we take advantage of what you know, take advantage of what we have right in front of us. We have, you know, in our one business, we've got a database of over 1,700 contacts that have heard about us or talked to us or worked with us in the past. At the other business, we've got, uh, what are we, almost 700 customers that we've worked with and another, I'd probably venture, I guess, maybe another 1,000 prospects. And so we, we don't need to f flood our systems with new names or anything like that. We just need to come up with better ways to take advantage of what we've already invested in. And I know that intellectually, I know that if someone were to give me that piece of advice, I'd say, yeah, of course, like just take advantage of what you have. Don't go reinvent the wheel. However, sitting down over the past week and putting pen to paper um, has given me very much a different, um, kind of a different perspective because then you've got to think through it and you got to think, wait a minute, what, what, what can we do here? What is our business capable of delivering um, to the marketplace in a different way or what are we not taking advantage of and really it's this idea of wanting to diversify out our revenue without having to um, re reinvent the wheel I guess that's the simplest way to say it and it's funny because as I go through LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter quite a bit you don't really see a lot of this kind of conversation you really see a lot of um, 
um, or I've never made the connection maybe. There's a lot of people talking about how to go get new customers and strategies that are working for them and graphs that show kind of hockey stick up to the right, but no one really gets into the weeds and says, you know, here are some strategies of how we diversified our marketing plan, how we diversified our sales plan, how we leveraged up on our customer database, how we took some of the offers that we have and reconstructed them so that they are still the same offer, but they just present differently and have created new conversations with customers. So don't really see a lot of that stuff, or I don't see a lot of that stuff anyway, and I'm starting to kind of get my head into it and really figure it out because I think that over the next little while, who knows how long a little while is, but I think in this dip that we're experiencing, this is really the time to lean hard and to come up with uh, some of those foundational strategies that uh, if we get them right today and we win with them today that as the market turns or goes back to goes back to if as the market turns and starts rising again in a year or two or 18 months from now, whatever it might be, uh, that we're really well positioned. So we cut our teeth and did the hard work when things were hard so that uh, we were able to be profitable in the downturn. And when the next upturn comes, we can do nothing but hopefully cash checks. So that's kind of top of mind uh, for me right now. It, um, it just occurred to me as I was going through all these videos and podcasts, though, that as an entrepreneur, we can we just can stop learning. You know, you get stuck in your rut, or I do anyway, I get stuck in my rut, and I just do things a certain way. And um, over the course of the past week, listening to what, what just sort of some uh, informational videos and podcasts and ebooks and stuff about how, you know, some of this foundational sales and marketing stuff, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been like 20 years since I've thought about this stuff. So it's great to get learning again. It's been great to get my mind working. And now I'm hoping to connect with a few uh, real life entrepreneurs who are in the same position that I'm in where you've got businesses that are profitable. Your cash position sort of changes uh, day to day because the companies are in growth mode. Um, but what are you doing to try and diversify out where your your company is seeing opportunities from how do you how do you make sure you're not pinned to one or two strategies so i don't know drop me a line send me a dm let me know um, what your business is doing because part of the reason i do this is to um, share my own thoughts but hopefully connect with other people um, as well and um yeah so anyway hopefully you find that interesting i'm going to um i am going to jump into going through a couple tweets here that i find uh exciting and interesting and it's been a slow week on Twitter for me as a matter of fact just because I've been so busy um, but what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna just pop up a couple tweets on the screen and uh, let's just take a look here give me just a second sounds like I have a cold I, I don't actually think I do have a cold but it kind of feels like maybe there's one in the background there so sorry for the lame or the, the crappy audio quality all right the one uh, tweet was from a couple of days um, from a couple of days ago and um, there's this marshmallow uh, experiment if you will that talks about um, you know if you put a marshmallow in front of a kid um, and tell them that if they don't eat it they can get more marshmallows it's like this whole delayed gratification thing um, so a guy named Mike Beckham had just posted something that said the marshmallow experiment shows just how hard it is for humans to delay gratification Thinking long-term means saying no to things we want today so that we can have more of them in the future. It turns out it doesn't get easier with age. And I had just replied back to his tweet and had said, in my experience, personal and otherwise, this is particularly true when business owners are considering borrowing. Many think debt will fix their problems, but oftentimes it doesn't change anything. Saying no 
And fixing the business usually changes everything. And uh, if you know anything about my story, you know that um, during the financial crisis, it was pretty brutal. Um, I was running a mortgage brokerage and overnight, literally overnight, mortgage commitments weren't getting funded and I had a huge burn rate on a big retail space with a pretty big staff and and we had um, we'd done fairly well in the market, uh, rose to be one of the largest independent brokerages in the country and uh, overnight just got wiped out and, and to add insult to injury, I had also decided that it not only was was uh, had I been a good lender, because that was my background, I decided to become a developer and had some real estate projects not work out. So it's been a long road back to stable ground. But that the whole delay gratification idea, I think if, if, um, if you've never had to work through repaying debt or, or fixing a business, which I've spent the last uh, decade or more doing, um, it can kind of be a strange concept because you sort of think, well, no, no, I'll just borrow the money today and tomorrow it'll all work out and everything will be good. But it turns out that if you're going to borrow money, you're basically taking tomorrow's result into today. And the idea would be that if you're doing that, it's because you think that if you had tomorrow's result today that you could leverage it up and get a better result. So sort of um, people mistakenly use debt like equity, meaning uh, debt should be used if it has a definitive purpose. For example, a customer owes me um, $100 in 30 days from now, but today I have to pay for the materials and I have to pay people in order to do the job to charge the $100 so that I can get it in 30 days. But somehow you have to find $100 between now and the day that it's due. So let's just say that your costs on the project are $80, you know, in 30 days, you're going to get $100 because you've got $20 of profit. Borrowing $80 when you know you've got 100 coming, that's how debt is supposed to work. Entrepreneurs, myself included, have oftentimes just blindly borrowed money without really knowing what it's going to be repaid through. And if you're going to borrow money, but you don't have a definitive repayment plan that you can kind of put your hand on your heart and say this, I mean, this is just going to happen. It, it's not really a function of if, it's just when. Um, then you should be raising equity. So you should be getting investors or, or selling a piece of your business um, because that means you're taking a, an unquantified risk that um, doesn't require giving away your personal net worth for, um, or at least that's my position anyway. Or the, the better strategy, quite frankly, is just to figure out how to get by without borrowing money um, until it becomes obvious that your only solution is to borrow money because your business only produces so much cash. And so to make up the difference between the money that you think that you know is coming versus the money you have to spend today, that's kind of how debt works. But delayed gratification, there's a lot to be said about that. I know as an A-type entrepreneur, I go through cycles where I am um, uh, I can be uh, very astute and I can put pen to paper and run spreadsheets and really take my time to understand whether I should be doing something. And other times I kind of get caught on the on the crest of a wave because maybe I've had a good run and I think, yeah, you know, I think we can we can probably just borrow the money. You know, uh, it's just going to get us to where we're going faster. And every time I've done that, it just hasn't worked out. It's been incredibly painful. And so if your business, you just, I guess the point is, and certainly using that cash flow quadrant really helps as well because it gives you two very easy benchmarks to use. How much cash do you have in the bank? What's your net profit? And 
off of that, you should be able to drill down into your business and go, should we be borrowing? And if we should be borrowing, why exactly are we borrowing? Uh, do we need all the people that we have on our team? Do we need to be incurring all the expenses that we're incurring? Um, or is there a way to adjust what we're doing to be very efficient with our money? And when we borrow it, it's it's really just an, a, a stepping stone to a destination or to a goal. Um, and stepping stone meaning we know that the business is going to produce the result needed to repay it because debt has to be repaid. So as I saw that fellow's tweet, I just it just spurred the thinking that saying no and fixing your business is usually a better solution than just trying to leverage up an asset and ultimately borrow more money. Um, and let's see here and flick back on Twitter and see if I can find another tweet that was, um, was somewhat meaningful. Give me just a second here. Um, Yeah, you know, interesting, just as I go through this, there's a lot of talk about bankruptcies and receiverships and companies not making it. And so there's a little tweet that I, or there's actually a blog post that I had uh, made about how do you know if you're going to go bankrupt? Um, so put that in the thread for you as well. Or jump on Twitter, you can just find it in my feed. Um, yeah, here's a good one. So a fellow named Eric Paley had said, startups don't just, quote, run out of money. They wait too long to address problems while they have the money. Failure doesn't usually happen to startups. It happens when founders rationalize problems until it's too late. Startups need to proactively tackle their biggest problems. I had responded with my own thoughts that said, most businesses fail for this reason. Definitely not unique to startups. So the whole idea of waiting too long to address the problems that you have, certainly in an economic time like the one that we're in right now, you, it will never be harder than it is right now to get money. Um, and so if you need it, then you're going to need to give yourself a lot of runway to try and get it. And where all of this sort of this conversation comes from is in the stock, because of the stock market, because of, uh, in my world anyway, I just personally enjoy following startups and the venture capital community. And what's happened is, um, companies that have been raising money have not really had a very difficult time doing that in the last couple of years because there because there has been so much money moving through the system and then because of COVID there was even more money pumped into the system if you followed the kind of the Robin Hood uh, um, and game uh, stop um, stories along but now all of that is gone and startups are having a very difficult time raising money but they had anticipated that it was going to just keep being easy and so again in my experience and this happened during the financial crisis was i sort of kept thinking tomorrow's going to be better tomorrow's going to be better tomorrow's going to be better and the truth is tomorrow just never came and when the market did finally return it looked nothing at all like what it had looked like before the market had gone uh, sideways and so um most entrepreneurs, I find, do know how their business is doing. Uh, sometimes we bury our head in the sand and we just try to ignore certain things. But if you want to build a lasting business, if you want to build a valuable and profitable business, part of doing that requires that you just make hard decisions and you take your head out of the sand, you look around the marketplace and you go, okay, you know what? It sucks. So here's what we're going to do. 
you take the bullet, you take the punch in the face, you get hit by the train, whatever uh, analogy you want to use, and you get you get to work building a profitable business. Again, using that cash flow quadrant that we talked about earlier in this episode, or I, that I, I showed here on the screen earlier, that can really be helpful. I mean, it can be helpful to say, look, the reality is we have no cash in the bank. The reality is we're running negative net profit. We can't do that forever. Something is going to break. And so if that's the state of affairs, let's just get to work fixing it right now and making all the decisions that we that we have to make. So um, if you're an entrepreneur, I would strongly encourage you to not wait for tomorrow because tomorrow, if it comes, it's not going to look like what you think. Chances are it's not going to look like what you think. And you should get to work figuring out, do you have a real business that requires some tweaking or some adjusting? And if so, what do you got to do to get to get down that path. So a business moves from struggling to adjusting, to growing, to investing. And I get up every single day to move my businesses through those quadrants. And I would encourage you to consider uh, the same thing, or at least to use it as a compass to try and find your way through. But the worst thing you can do, I, th I think the worst thing you can do is to just pretend that the world isn't changing right before our very eyes and uh, hope that tomorrow is going to be like it was last year, or the year before, or during the quote-unquote good times. Um, take your glory days for what they were worth and get to work building something valuable. So that's about all I have to share uh, this week. Again, my mind is focused uh, on learning more about how I can diversify out where we generate our opportunities from in each of the businesses that are in our portfolio and um, um, trying to just trying to expand expand my my learning and my experience. I mean, my job as a leader is to set the course for where we're going, make sure we've got the right people and the right resources in place to get there. But I'm only as good as the work that I'm doing to try and understand new things. And so that's what I'm focused on. I would encourage you to do the same thing. And again, this idea that the world uh, is happening in real time around us and as entrepreneurs, if if we're meant to steward our businesses properly, if we want to build something valuable and profitable, that we should probably get uh, to work making difficult decisions if, in fact, that's what we have to be doing. So um, anyway, hope you find that helpful. Um, I have a couple of updates that I'm looking forward to sharing uh, next week um, about one of the businesses that I'm involved with that hopefully is... <laughs> hopefully is coming to to some sort of an end. I know I've been sharing that for a couple of weeks, but that's just how these things go. And um, anyway, would love to hear from you. Uh, again, I post this podcast and this vlog to try and connect with other entre just entrepreneurs running businesses. Nothing special, not, not information sellers, not... Um, you know, folks that aren't responsible for signing payroll checks, but really like real in the dirt entrepreneurs. I would love to connect uh, with you. Send me a message, uh, like, share um, this episode, uh, give it a rating if you can, because when you do that, it puts it in front of more people and I would be very grateful. So thank you for that. And uh, I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Have a good week.